This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 21. And the quote of the day is from Winston Churchill, who said, A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ruffini, and we're coming at you with information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for other reviews on iTunes. It's been great. Uh, The numbers are going up and up, and I really, really do appreciate it. And if you're digging the podcast and you have one second, just go to iTunes and click on ratings and reviews and leave the podcast a review, or you can leave your comments on there as well. I would truly appreciate it. And don't forget to check out drummersresource.com. There's a bunch of things on there that are getting updated all the time. So a ton of resources for you, um, not just the podcast, but a bunch of other stuff. Speaking of podcasts, we got this interview today with Eric Moore, who is the 2003 Guitar Center Drum Off champion. And he's also played with Bobby Brown. And he plays with Suicidal Tendencies and a bunch of other people. And the thing... The thing about Eric that's really cool, if you watch some of his videos, he has just amazing, sickening chops. Just ridiculous. Some call them gospel chops. Uh, We actually get into that a little bit. Talking about where that term came from and what that's all about. But he has ridiculous chops, but his groove is, is really, really, really good, too. And a lot of times I don't feel like the two go hand in hand. I feel like a lot of guys have really good chops but don't have good pocket or really good pocket and don't have good chops. But Eric's got it all covered, and he's just a very inspirational guy. And and you'll see, you know, once we get into the interview, uh, he's just a super humble, down-to-earth guy that that really just wants to inspire people to to do their best. And also, he is going to drop a bomb on us. He uh, he fills us in on some stuff with suicidal tendencies, which uh, hasn't been released yet. So that's cool. He did. He decided to do it on the show. So without further ado, Eric Moore, the one and only. Check it out, Eric. What's happening, man? Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's great to have you. Yo, what's up, man? It's great to be on. How's it going? It's uh, it's going well. It's going well. We were just talking about how. Uh, the last two interviews have been a little bit early in the morning, so late for me because it's you know I'm on the East Coast, but a little earlier for you. Most people are like, "Oh, can we do it at three in the afternoon?" Or you know, so yeah, California time. You know, I just like to get up and get the day going. And if I could knock out something great early, that's what's up. I like it. I like it. So I always like to. I mean, we just went through this uh, a bit of a montage of you saying how much that you love drums. Um, and I sense your passion in, in your playing and, and everything that you do. But how did you get into it? How did you how did you start playing and how did you really develop that passion? I actually my passion came from birth. Like I I don't even know. I was born playing the drums at like one years old. Um, my 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 father is a is a pianist and organist in the church, and um, I kind of like it. Kind of feels weird always bringing up church because everybody makes that a gospel chops type thing mm-hmm. but yeah my, my, my father is a pianist a, a musician he plays all different types of music and um growing up in church I, my uncle played the drums and i just was like one years old just starting to walk and i just walked up on him and he put me on his lap and i just began playing the beat to whatever my dad was playing and the choir was singing and um, from then on out, it was just a love and a passion for the drums. I mean, I, I never was. Um, it's just like a person, like a like a kid that learns how to talk. Like he didn't know how to read yet or anything, but he could talk to you very well, mm-hmm. and he could speak properly. And you're like, how can you speak so good? You know, it's just a language that's undeniable. Right, right, right. So now you're saying that you started at such a young age, and you were kind of immersed into this into this whole musical family with uh with, you know with your with your father and everything and so now how did you did you learn through the church did you did you take lessons did you how did you approach that well I pretty much I pretty much kind of like I, I did I learned through the church I learned how to play all different styles of music from 
from whatever it may be. Like they call it gospel, but with with church songs or whatever the case, they they go in all different types of time signatures and like it could be a six eight song in slow, it could be a three four song, it could be a calypso type groove, it could be a funk, and you just you 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 flow with the music. So you learn how to play with live musicians. Being from church at an early age, so I learned how to play with musicians, playing with bass players, learning bass rhythms, learning like that's one of the things that some drummers lack is playing with the bass player. When you play funk, it's not just playing one and three with the bass drum. It's knowing where the bass is leading and going and locking in with that of that instrument. So um, playing in church, I just learned how to play different styles of music at a very, very early age by the age of I can play pretty much whatever I heard, no matter if it was on the radio. By like seven or eight years old, I was playing like the same stuff as Dennis Chambers. It just opens your ear and makes you more mature. It makes you a, a mature musician, playing with musicians and listening to different music a lot. And getting to getting to play in front of an audience, like it gives you a platform. You're playing in front of 50 to 100 people. Because my uncle stopped playing, actually in the church by the time I was like five or six I guess they said I was good enough to like take over because I was tall enough to sit on the kit and just play yeah it was crazy it was crazy they're like you're good enough you're just not tall enough yet so you're gonna have to wait that's pretty much what happened I did the exact same thing um I have a I have a younger brother who who is really really awesome on drums he just turned 16 but um when he was about four about four or five he um he took my gig at the church. <laughs> so I finally stopped playing at church and then I began to tour and, and just go off, you know, leave. Oh, so he didn't and, steal your gig. He kind of stole my gig, yeah. <laughs> but I mean it's all good. It was it was that time. And it They're was like, like, hey Eric, uh we're gonna we're gonna have to let you go. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. yeah, man. Little bro, little bro took my gig. It's all good though. <laughs> gotta, gotta let him have it, man. So you're coming up through church, um, and the whole time that you're playing in there, were you playing in other bands outside of church? Were you were you playing out? Were you touring before? Um, as a kid, I didn't tour. I was I wasn't in the touring realm, but I, I definitely played with other people in my city, around my city, and um, I was introduced to like. Kind of not really jazz, like New York is jazz. I think that New York and California has a totally different vibe mm -hmm. as far as music, and especially in the schools and other things like that. But um, can you was, can you say that again? You're you're uh, you broke up a little bit there. I'm sorry. I said I think that New York City, like New York area, East Coast and West Coast, has a totally different feel in jazz music, especially in in the schools. Right. Of what's and what's played, I know that New York has a huge jazz following um, within high school and different stuff like that for music programs, and it's a little bit different in California. We're more of a of a um, like Bay Area funk type thing because of California, so we 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 tend to to go that route, I guess. With music, it's a little bit different. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. It's like. Uh... It's like East Coast and West Coast hip hop a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally it's not different. Bad. It's just different, and it's awesome. Right. right. And I think that that's a that's a regional thing, being that you know, like if if you're from California, you didn't grow up with cold winters, you know, or if yeah. you're from if you're from New York, you didn't grow up, you know, going to the beach and and hanging out and surfing, you know, and and sure. I think that 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 all every your situation and everything around you kind of uh kind plays of, the role yeah mends into your playing so i want to touch uh on the on the guitar center thing i know that you were the guitar center champion uh the drum off champion in what 2003 right yes so i think that there's a lot of people out there that would like that a would like to get into that uh try to get into that competition how do you prepare for something like that and and how do you know that you're you're ready to to kind of take that next step? Um, I think for drummers, drummers should be drummers should be realistic, and I think that you should always go for your hopes and your dreams. Like whatever you whatever you think that you want to accomplish, don't ever let nobody tell you you can't. But drummers 
Golf is a competition where it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of time and you can't get discouraged because you don't make it through that round or because someone thinks that you're not good enough. Um, I think that Guitar Center Drum Off is a great way to launch a career and that they help you a lot because they let the world know, especially musicians and drummers through YouTube and Facebook and whatever else they let them know who you are, especially now in this day and age with the computer day and age and the way stuff is today. So um, I would say for drummers that are trying to get into the drum off, I think that don't let nobody discourage you from not being in the competition. It is a great learning experience. You get to meet musicians in your area that you might not have known mm -hmm. and you can link with and just network. Networking is always the first step to becoming a professional musician. It's always about networking and meeting people and getting people to know you and building a relationship. So that is the first thing. And then second thing for if you want to win drum off, it takes a lot of practice. And now you have to learn how to work the new rolling pads and be able to make a solo musical, not just playing the drums. So even though it's called drum off, it's now it's like so much more than that. Right. And I was it I, I saw this this quote and i think it was you that said it that was that was it was like if you want to win the the guitar center drum off nowadays you better incorporate electronics into your into your show yes i did i tried to tell the world because i get uh, every year when drum off season See, man goes, i follow you i follow you <laughs> thank you bro thank you i appreciate it man i appreciate it and like just paying attention but um yeah when 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 drum off season comes i get a lot of people who inbox me and like, man, how can I win drum off, man? You know, what's the secret to winning drum off? Like there are, there's, for one, there's no secret in winning drum off. It's just really making a great performance mm -hmm. and learning that pad. I, I when what's, what's very funny is in um, 2003, when I won drum off, I did not use an electronic pad, but my solo that is on Guitar Center was the year after when I came back and I played with a pad. I used the pad in my solo mm -hmm. because it gave me the, all the time. It was like, here, you, you could play for 10 minutes. I actually played after Virgil Donati, oh. which, which was crazy because Virgil Donati is amazing on drums. So it was crazy coming after him. He just got done playing the, the most wildest solo I ever heard in my life. And I was like, wow. So I have to go after this. And they were like, mm -hmm more on drums next and i was like i think i'm gonna just use the pad to like just be me and incorporate right. and i guess when i did that talking to some of the gc people they were like that's a great idea now i think we should incorporate a pad and what they're playing to show how musical they are and they took what i did like which was was baby crawling steps back then right and now people are turning that into amazing orchestrated solos that you that like, really, really blow my mind from Juan Carlos Mendoza to to all the drummers of today. Dawood, the new drummer that just won. He like it's, it's really, really, really amazing how they use the pad. Now, you had mentioned that you you had to follow Virgil Donati, right? So I, I'm sure that, you know, it, it's a bit of an intimidating thing. And when these kids are going out to do these drum offs there's some there's probably somebody in front of them that's going to play that's going to blow their doors off and that's going to intimidate them so how do you yeah. how do you suggest that people handle that fear or manage that fear it's it's really up to you i, I can't i can't tell you how to feel but if you can just know that if you make it to that round or even if you don't make it to that round, just know that you put enough time and effort into what you practice and what you play. And if it's for you, it's for you. If it's for you to win, you'll get it. Like you just got to be you. Like people just want to see you. You can't be Eric Moore. You can't be, you can't be Mike Johnson. You can't be um, Ronald Bruner. Like it's all about and. It's it's more to me. It's more about you being you and, and people seeing who you are as a musician and you expressing your feelings and how you feel on your instrument. 
being more of an individual rather than trying to replicate and duplicate other people. And yeah, exactly. Especially in that solo setting. I mean, that's what you're there for. You're there to, to be you and to show what you have. Like if that person showed and they were blazing and they, they showed that they could play all the chops really, really fast or whatever. And then you got on the drums and showed that you could play groove really, really awesome. And you could groove in any time signature or something. That's totally, that's something totally different mm-hmm. that that person didn't do. It's not about being that person. It's about being a human being, being yourself. That's great advice. I like that. Now you had mentioned the practice time that goes into all these solos. And I think just in general, the practice time that goes into the blazing speed stuff. And it's been this heated debate of like, is it gospel chops and what's gospel chops and what are, you know, is it, or is it not? So let's shed a little bit of light on, on that. What do you consider gospel chops? Sorry about that. That was my cell phone. That's all right. Um, I thought you had a, I thought there was a canary in your house. (laughs) Very Um, Gospel chops is the person's name it was never gospel chops was never made to be it was never made the name it was a name it was gospel chops presents shared sessions volume one so it was just like airborne presents shared right. sessions volume one gospel chops is the name of the organization which people took what we were doing as that's gospel chops. And that is the name of just the founder. So it really wasn't supposed to be what we're playing is so say gospel. We were just shedding. We were we were we were trading eights. We were trading fours. You play one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, three, two, three, four, four, two, three, four. Then the next person plays a solo. And you just open your mind. Like when you're when you're playing drums, you're either thinking, you're thinking phrasing as if it's jazz or you're thinking whatever so that's what gospel chops originated from was we were shedding and just being creative and building a solo and then just trading licks back and forth Mm -hmm. so that was the foundation of what we tried to present now because we are musicians we um or me i like to play fast tony royster is a fast drummer um, Ronald Brunner is a really, really fast drummer. Um, all these drummers that were on the video were guys that can really play. Right. And we had like similarities. So because we brought our similarity, similarities together, people took that and was like, that's what gospel chops is, is playing fast licks and being able to be flashy and flamboyant. And really it was just, we're just keeping up in this time, whatever BPM we're playing and we're playing at 120, and we're just keeping time and phrasing just as if it was a jazz song or anything else that you would play a solo to. I got so it. that's what Gospel Chops originated as. That's what it was supposed to be, was showing how drummers can come together and play solos and still learn from each other. When that person does something like a lick around the drums where he plays 16th notes, but turn the 16th notes into 64th notes really fast, like that was and can I do that? And then you try it, and you might take that, but do it off the hi hat and the floor tom. It just it gives you a whole new venture and a whole new mindset concept to open up to be able to play different styles in your solo. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it was supposed to be at first. So how did how were you how were you guys all practicing these things? Because I think that what happens is, and I know that a lot of times with with students of mine, I'll show them anything, whether it's a lick or a groove or something like that. They automatically want to go from 60 to 160, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like I, trying to tell everybody, you got to slow down to to learn these patterns properly. Yeah. Um, was there ever a certain approach that, that you use to, to learn certain licks? And how do you, and, and how do you write certain licks? Um, well, with being so young and growing up playing drums, I really never write out my licks. It's just all a thought process of how I'm feeling at that moment, how I'm feeling at that time. Even with playing music, when you do a lick, it's supposed to, when you're playing music, music is a heartfelt thing. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, you could play what's written, but you can kind of tell that it has no emotion. Sure. 
So music is really, really emotional. And when you play a lick, it shouldn't be something that was, oh, I seen it online and I just did it because I learned it on YouTube. It was like it, when, a, when that person or when I played that certain lick in that song or when you see me play it on a YouTube clip, it was because it was passionate and it was for the part. I felt that it was for that part. It wasn't just, oh, it's just a lick, and it and it's actually in 16th notes, and it fits right there. It was like that. You that's why you felt it when you heard it, because it and it made perfect sense because that's how I felt in my heart when I played it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can write out licks, and you can play. You could definitely play what's written, and you could definitely do it like that. But to me. I always grew up that music is more of an emotional thing and something that should be felt. Now, the stuff that certain licks that that you have learned over the years, did you learn these things slow and like spend all this time learning them or they were just like natural things that that came out through practice sessions? A lot of my stuff comes out just natural with with playing or whatever. I I don't even I don't even think about it. It just comes out. Excuse me. So yesterday I was talking to uh, to Dylan Wissing, who's a who's an Aquarian artist, and he said that it's kind of a, a, a long way around the around the barn kind of thing. But he told me that Chris Brady from Aquarian told him that Roy yes, Burton. What's that? Yes. Awesome. Awesome guy. Chris Brady. Both of them. Awesome people. So he said that Roy Burns always told him that 95 percent of drummers spent or yeah all unfortunately most drummers spend 95 percent of the time practicing things that they only use five percent of the time right and i i just posted something about that i was i was just gonna say that i and then i saw that you posted something similar that was like that said we spend all this time practicing all this stuff that uh that we don't use where did that where did that go let's see i just saw it on uh that you posted it, I think you posted. Yeah, it on it's, it's on my, it's on my likes, it's on my Eric Moore's um, fan page, and it was just I hadn't talked to anybody. I just was feeling that, like, man, I have all this stuff, and then like it never, it never called for on the gig, never. Right. So that I kind of wanted to to bridge the gap there with, with the you know the the quote unquote. I don't want to say gospel chops because I think we've already determined that that's not necessarily a style, but all of these fast licks that, that everybody's playing all over the bar line and doing all this crazy stuff. And can you kind of touch on that of, of explaining when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate and what's really important to help you get gigs? What's really important playing a gig is playing whatever the record is. And whatever the music is calling for at that moment, um, and it's very difficult for a lot of drummers to just play what you hear, whatever the producer produced for that record, no matter it's R&B, um, hip-hop, rock music especially, you just want to be able to hear that, that, original, that original thing that made the audience buy the record. Like what you hear on the radio, you want to play the radio. So those licks that you're practicing, that's not in the song. Then you don't, you never have a reason for playing it, and unless you're playing with Stanley Clark, mm-hmm. you know the late George Duke, you're playing his music. I mean Miles Davis tunes and stuff like that. If you're going, you're doing different music that that calls for being a phenomenal fast drummer and playing a lot of chops then that's where it comes in. I'm not saying don't practice it. But for a lot of drummers I know, they want to play they want to they want to play music that is they want to play for Rihanna. So they want to play that. They want to play for Chris Brown. They want to play, you know, for different artists that the music is just so simple. Mm-hmm. Even even when you have a, a gig where you're just playing in a bar and you're playing whatever the tune is. It's just playing the tune. You're not really you don't have to. You don't have to play all the licks mm-hmm. in that setting. Yeah, you. I got it right here. You said you practice all the chops to be the fastest drummer in the world. Then you finally get the gig and play some of the simplest things you've ever heard. Why do we bother? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think that it, that people underestimate how hard it is to play a groove, how hard it is to play extremely slow and extremely tastefully and you know and to have all this feel and emotion and I and I think a lot of younger players now can do all this stuff and it's like you know and it's like can you play a shuffle and it's like no not really you know right and that's what sucks and, and a shuffle requires a lot of feeling when you play it if, it, if it's played correctly it feels really really good mm -hmm. and you just start to move to it and that's why it is a shuffle pattern or a funk pattern or whatever the case may be is something that gives you a really really good feeling so what's your opinion of the of players that are coming up now that you that you see um, in a lot of the in a lot of the players that your critiques of the players? Man, these players are freaking beasts and they're <laughs> freaks of nature. And I think that I think that YouTube is really really awesome, and it's really really bad. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that that there are such things as gospel chops, and it allowed people to get. A, uh, outlet to what we are what we were playing in America or whatever the case may be but it gave a really really bad, bad concept or really it threw a really really bad taste in some people's mouth especially in Europe and France and Brazil and other countries when I would go to these countries they would sit down on the drums in a jam session and they couldn't play I got a feeling by will I am right. because they want to play all the licks and it was like, you just hold out. If you just play the, the pocket and play the song until they say, give me a solo, then you show everything you got. But if you show everything you got in the beginning of the song, it's just you, nobody can dance. And it just sounds really crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what I mean by what you just asked. So do you think that the, the I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you think no, that, the, that the younger drummers coming up are concentrating more on licks and not concentrating enough on on playing music and playing what's appropriate for the tune? Yes, I feel that I feel that they're not playing what's sometimes some drummers, and then there are some young drummers that understand and can really play music mm -hmm. and play what's what's needed to be played. But um, it's YouTube, so when you see them. They're playing a solo and they're they're going over the record, so you really can't say how they play in a in a gig situation, right? Because they're just they're, they're they want to show. Even I, when I do YouTube clips or if I when I did them, I wanted to show that I can play I can play musical, and I just wanted to you know give people something to learn. I just want to inspire them playing drums when I played sure. those licks or whatever. I just wanted to inspire. So that's maybe the same thing. These younger drummers think when they post a clip, they want to play and they just want to inspire you and let, let you know that they have chops and they can play to the click and, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And which is awesome. Like, it's nothing against that. So you can't count it against drummers. I wouldn't count it against the young people that are playing today. I wouldn't say that it's a bad thing. Right. I just, I just, you have to pick and choose your spaces because there's so many people in the world that are out there to hate what you're doing. And have the most negative thing to say at the time. Sure. If you really, it can be a Debbie Downer. Mm -hmm. And with with the world today, it's it's not cool. It's not cool to be to be that guy or that person that is um, that speaks that doesn't that speaks death into what you're doing. You don't want to see nobody speak death into you. Like hopefully, when you speak life into a person, it gives them an extra heartbeat and lets them know that anything is is possible. Like you could be on Modern Drummer one day. You can be that drummer that everybody looks up to. Or you could have the great gig and be able to tour the world and play drums and support your family and your home. So I really say just, I just want to encourage everybody. Just encourage all the young drummers. When you go to go do something, like do it from your heart. And even if people talk bad about it, like don't worry about it. Just continue to press on because anything's possible. I love it, man. I love it. That's uh, I, I live by the by the same mantra that, you know, I don't want any negativity in my life. It's all it's all positive. And, you know, I, I always want to support people and encourage people to do better and, and, and get more out of their lives than they're already getting. Yeah, man. For real. Exactly. So let's switch gears a little bit. We, we were talking about touring the world and, and, you know, having these great gigs. And <clears throat> you've been with Suicidal Tendencies now for a while. 
How did that gig come about? Uh, I got the gig actually. Um, it was kind of crazy. I was in Sacramento, and I went to a suicidal tendency show because Stephen Bruner was the bass player at the time, and I just went to go hang out with him and ended up meeting the guys. And they were telling me that they had a, a open spot coming up for infectious grooves. Mm -hmm. And so I, I began to, I got a call. Actually, I gave them my number and they gave me a call a few weeks later and was like, can you come audition for infectious grooves? So I went and did the audition and I got the gig and I played with infectious grooves for two years and it was awesome. And then the drummer that they had at the time, whose name was Dave Heldago, and that was right, that was before Ronald Bruner. Ronald Bruner was playing then, and then Dave Heldago, who was Ronald Bruner's drum tech, began to play for Suicidal Tendencies. I don't know how that came about. Right. I really never asked. But um, Dave Heldago started playing, and um, I think Dave got another great opportunity to go play in... I can't even think of the name of the band he's in now, but he's in like a really, really awesome band. And um, it'll come to me while we're talking. But um, so when Dave Hildago left Suicidal Tendencies, they asked me and it was really, really abrupt. They were like, um, you know, we want to have you in Suicidal Tendencies. And what was crazy is I never played Suicidal Tendencies music. Hmm. I never knew suicidal tendencies music I and mean, it was something that i didn't even listen to at the time i was into playing a whole lot of other things or whatever so they gave me the music and i tried to learn it as much as i could then i went into a rehearsal with them and i played it as best as i could and they were like well we leave on tour like next week we have to go to europe and i was like okay <laughs> so we gotta study real hard Right. And I, I practiced as much as I could, and we went to Europe. And my first few shows were very, very rocky. Like, it was very, very, very difficult. But by the end of the tour, um, the people accepted me, and the band accepted me, and it was awesome. And I just went on from there, from 2008 to now. Hmm. I mean, with Suicidal Tendencies. It's amazing going to a show and then you know, a little down the road, you're like, wow, now I'm playing with these cats. You know, that's got to be a good feeling. It was, it was really, really an honor. It was really an honor to, to play with those guys and to, to, um, to learn just a whole new style of drumming and to open my eyes to death metal and just metal in general and punk rock and all the different styles of, of drumming that I had really never tapped into. Right. And you know, I was gonna ask you that if that's if that's a style that you're that you were already into, or not, because I don't I don't know many gospel guys that come up playing through the church that go and end up playing with a death metal band, you know? Right. And um, it Which wasn't I, it wasn't my style at first at all, no. but um, it just tended to grow on me. Like right now, like I love I love listening to it, and I'm really. I'm really trying to dig in on playing double bass patterns now. Mm -hmm. So that's like my newest thing, like learning learning to be to to play double bass and like my sugar type stuff. Like I wanna play right. that. Like that stuff is so amazing to me. And um just yeah, my mind is my mind is going somewhere else. And then actually I feel that if I could get my feet as fast as my hands, that'll be ooh, I'll be on ten. <laughs> if your feet or as fast as your hand, I'm quitting. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, done. I'm, I'm calling it right now that I will send you my letter of resignation. Oh, <laughs> so that's my new workout. There you go. Now we were talking earlier uh, when we were off air about about getting gigs and how you get a lot of people asking you how to get gigs, and we both come to the conclusion that yeah there's obviously not one certain way that that you get a gig but for the people out there that are like hey man i'm in college or i'm you know i'm i'm out of college and i'm playing locally and i want to try to get more touring work or i want to try to play with bigger artists what is your what is your advice for them everything is about networking it's it's about networking and being a great person and having a positive attitude and nobody wants to be around people that are bringing people down or saying the wrong stuff and being 
stupid individual. So I say network, meet musicians, drummers, meet pianists, meet keyboard players, meet bass players, meet guitarists, meet other musicians. It's very, very good to know drummers. And yes, a drummer can refer another drummer to a gig, but it's always good to know other musicians and to be a great person. Um, that's like pretty much the first and main thing. Like you could be the, the most fantastic drummer ever, but if you have the worst attitude, nobody will want to mess with you because of that. So they'll take a, a mediocre drum or a great drummer just because of a person with a good attitude. Say that say that last line again. You cut up a little bit. You said they would they take, will take they will take a, a mediocre drummer over a great drummer just because the person has a great attitude. I totally agree. I totally agree. And not to say that you shouldn't concentrate on your playing and be the best drummer that you can be, but you got to work on your attitude as much as you work on your playing. Would you agree with that? I totally agree. And that is something that, that like, drumming is awesome. Work on drumming, but being a great person is something. Like, to me, I can't, I can't, I can't lie to you. Drumming came natural from mm -hmm. birth. So playing different styles of music and being a drummer was something that was embedded into me. But you have to learn how to deal with people and to just like speaking fluent English and not saying, okay, yeah, duh, whatever. Right, you cannot right. speak, you can't talk, talk illiterate. You know, you have to be able to, to let people understand what you're saying. And to be honest, I'm still working on that to this day with, with different people and, you know, not having a short fuse mm -hmm. when, with, when you're learning something or, you know, if other people can't get it as fast as you can, because everybody's different. Right. Everybody's right. different. So, but with getting a gig, thing is to, second thing is learn people's music and play the people's music exactly how they want it. And some, I'm not saying that you can't play the music, but some music is just not for you or it could be for you. And um, you're just going for the gig. And if you don't get the gig, don't get discouraged. It's another gig out there for you. Right. I was talking to J.R. Robinson the other day and he was saying the same thing that, you know, people get discouraged, but there there's, you know, there's been gigs that J.R. Robinson didn't get. And he's J.R. Robinson, you know. Right. And sure. and he said that sometimes you're right for the gig, sometimes you're not. But you can't let it discourage you and say just because I'm not right for that gig doesn't mean I'm not right for any gig. Exactly. Um, totally. Excuse me. No problem. And, you know, I the thing that I feel like people don't realize is that when they're looking for a new drummer or they're looking for anybody new to join a band or, or if they're putting a band together that they're looking for a roommate as well, because you have to live on the bus with them, you have oh, to live yeah. in hotels with them and you spend, you know, all of your waking time with this person. So it's not like just walking on the stage, playing the gig and leaving. They're looking for somebody that they can hang out with and that, that, that fits into their, into their culture. Would you agree? I totally agree. Like beyond a hundred percent, that is totally it. You're you have to be. It's it's crazy. It's 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 very crazy that you mentioned that. Because with any band, yes, you you it, like the stage is only the stage is only pretty much ten percent of your time with them. Mm -hmm. Like when you're on stage, is only ten percent. It's that other ninety percent that you're um that 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 they're judging you on pretty much. Mm -hmm. You're judged on, man, if you're having a bad day, if you got any sleep around that person. Like, it's not just sitting down and playing drums. It's like, it's so much more. It's so much more. Yeah. It's it's aggravating sometimes, actually. But if you want that, if you want to be a professional drummer, it's something that you got to deal with. So much things that people don't see that are behind the scenes that you just don't know. Like, you don't get to practice. You don't get to practice drums when you're on tour, like, I mean, yes, you can pick up some drumsticks and play on a practice pad, but that is not actually hitting the drums. Right. When you do sound check, it's hit each drum individual times, maybe a hundred times each drum to get the sound correct. Then you play one song maybe once or twice, and then you're done. And then that's it. Maybe. Right. Unless you're doing a festival, then you don't hit the drums. You don't even get to play the drums. Just do you a play line the check. Festival. Yeah, you just do a line check. Then you're back on the bus yep. traveling for another two days to the next place. It's very, very hard. It's very, very hard. Being a professional musician is not the easiest job in the world, but it is awesome. And it is amazing. 
not to have to go clock in and be told what to do 24-7 or moving boxes mm-hmm. or working at Costco. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, it's, 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 a, it's a really a, a, a something that, that is really amazing to be able to sit down behind your favorite instrument and to share to thousands of people, even if it's in front of 40 people. I don't care if it's at a bar, if it's in front of 20 people, whatever the case may be, and you just got 5 or $10 for it. Like you just made money doing something that you love. I agree. And speaking of you, you know, you're saying it's 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 a great job to have. And I'm not saying this to belittle your playing at all, because I think that you're an amazing player. But what you've accomplished, other people can accomplish, too. Oh, yes. No, everyone. I have not I have not accomplished something that you cannot accomplish as anybody, anybody can do what I have done. And I I just, to be honest, I don't even know how I got to where I am. It's just (laughs) been like a roller coaster, just really, really crazy. And I think it's like that with every musician. You can't plan your whole life. You can't be like, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be a rock star. Right. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) You know, like, I don't even care. I'm not a rock star. I'm just, I'm just a... I'm just a human being that is trying to 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 empower drummers and give drummers knowledge on an instrument and just inspire. Like I don't I I never want to call myself a rock star. I never want to call myself the best drummer. Like I'm just here to inspire and I just want to encourage people that they can do exactly what I do. Now that's the whole the whole premise of the drummers resources to educate people, to inform people and mostly to motivate people because I a lot of times they see people at your level and they say, Well, I can never I can never reach that level. So I love that I love how inspiring you are and, and how you're saying, No, this this is something that you can that you can totally achieve. And that's inspiring for these other players. So what inspires you? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you getting up in the morning and, and pushing harder? My family and just the love that I have for the instrument. Like, I, I feel that every time I sit on the drums, it's like like a little kid in a candy store. Mm-hmm. So because I still love the instrument so much, that's what pushes me to want to be better. Like, I love sitting behind the drums every day and just practicing and trying to push myself to do stuff that I haven't done. And when you lose, if you ever lose that love, I can't tell you how to get it back, but um, for me, it's just awesome sitting behind the instrument. Like, I'm sitting behind my drums right now, and, like, <laughs> me sitting behind my drums just makes me inspired. Nice. Yeah, it just makes me inspired. So I, I love I love drums. I just love seeing seeing the way drums are. Like, when I was younger, I would pick, pick up Modern Drummer Magazine, and I would look through the catalogs, and I, was, I wouldn't even read like the things but i would wait to get to that drummer's picture right. and just be like wow like that dw drum set or look at that pearl kit right. that is awesome like all oh, those yamahas like that was my favorite thing was to go pick up the catalog with all the drums set up in it <laughs> just, just yeah because i never had that like growing right. up i didn't have like a killer drum set like i got my first splash symbol when i was 14 15 years old and i only had two cymbal stands so it was like either you're gonna play this splash and this ride, or either a crash and a and a splash. Right. I was just like, man, whatever. I need to hit this splash. <laughs> I had a Zildjian 12 inch Avitas splash. I was like, whoa, I need to hit this splash. <laughs> yeah, man. So you talk about how much you love playing, and were there ever parts in your career when you were coming up that you were discouraged or that you were that you you know maybe thought that that you couldn't do this or maybe thought about pursuing something else it's, it's funny that you say that because it's um like right now during this conversation um i haven't i haven't told the world and i haven't let anybody know but i i want to experience other things and i and i'm Suicidal tendencies has been amazing. <laughs> Look, suicidal tendencies has been amazing, but it's time for it's time for me to to move on with my with my life and to do something totally different and to 
I don't even know where the next step is. But so um, you're done with suicidal tendencies. Yeah. And nobody knows that. Nobody knows, but now you know. But now we know. Now you know. Wow. So when is when is that uh when is that official? Does it, I, think, I think they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it official probably when they go out on tour with Slayer this summer. Hmm. They're gonna go out on tour with Slayer this summer. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's some that's some exclusive info right there. I just gave you the super duper exclusive info. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It'll be it'll be and, and I'm not gonna tell you who's 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 coming in to fill my shoes, but it, it I guarantee you your mouth will be at awe. Like, wow, that drummer's playing Eric Moore's gig. Wow. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of it's gonna be really really awesome, and you're gonna so, be like, yeah. So now did you did you choose to leave or? Yeah. 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 I have a drum DVD that I've been working on. That's coming out very very soon, mm-hmm. and um, I have my little sister is a, is is signed to a label and she sings, and I just want to work on some other stuff. I I feel that um, you can't let you can't let a certain thing, especially money. A lot of times people think that money is supposed to keep you there or it can keep you doing a certain thing, mm-hmm. and it's not even about the money. It's like about the passion, and it is easy to get bored yeah playing a gig Mm -hmm. golden handcuffs man playing every day the same thing yeah um i've been in suicidal tendencies for 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 six years since 08 or or since 2010 i guess since we like 09 08 whatever you want to call it right i think 08 i think it was 08 yeah so playing the same thing every day touring Europe and and it's awesome. I'm just ready to experience something else in my life. Right. And you have to take leaps of faith not because of a check or because you're 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 steady and you're at a level of making money like who knows what my next thing may be just because I did suicidal tendencies. I'm not saying I'm going to go play for Megadeth or or whatever the next. I'm not going to be. I'm not saying I can't be Travis Barker and be in a band like Blink 182 that's on a different level or whatever. Right. I'm just saying I need to know for myself what my next thing is. I can't just stay kind. I just can't stay at a solid thing for forever. That makes sense. So what is your, yeah. what's your what's your ambitions for the future? Who who would you want to play with? It. What's your ultimate gig? My ambitions for the future, I just want to, right now, I'm, say it again, who do I want to play with? Well, I said, what's your... Man, to be honest with you, like, the, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. Like, it it, it doesn't, it, it does not matter. Like, I, I would love to play with, with <laughs> I want to play with everybody. I want right. to record with everybody. I want to do more things. It's just that with, with, with suicidal tendencies, I, I feel... That I was just, I've been in it for for a long time, and I I did a record. I'm on, I'm on. It's not like I was. Suicidal Tendencies has had so many members. Yeah. In that band, Mike here is the only original member of that band, and it's awesome that I was able to be on Suicidal Tendencies, and I am that guy that that experienced that and there probably won't never be another suicidal album <laughs> huh so i my, the sky's the limit from for the next thing that i have coming up um but i just want to focus on on me right now and i wish i wish all those guys the best at, at everything that they're doing like it's no love losses no hate i'm sure they're sad to see you go though man for all the fans for all the fans that that love me it it is just it's just it is what it is, man. <laughs> so now I'm excited to see who you're gonna be playing with next. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be some good stuff coming up. So I'm not I'm not discouraged about about whatever whatever comes my way or whatever's next. Like it's all it's all life and it's all a learning experience, man. You can't you can't go higher if you just if you if you never great graduate from college, <laughs> like I'm just gonna stay in college. Right, like right, no, right, right. like you have to go out into the working field. They're like you're you know, 40. You maybe you should leave. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, for real. Like <laughs> you have to get promotions in your job. Even that's how I see it. Even with music, like right. man, if you don't never take on that next thing, you you just stay stagnant. And I don't never want to stay stagnant in my playing. Like I want to always push myself to be a better musician. Mm. That's why every time you see me play drums, you see me sit down. You're like, how does he keep getting better? Because <laughs> I always want to push. Seriously, I like. I it. always want to push to be better. Never satisfied. I always. Like yeah, never satisfied, bro. Never. So you'd mentioned this DVD that that you've been working on. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, um, I'm I'm actually in the process of mixing and mastering. Um, I, I recorded I recorded 18 songs, so I'm picking and choosing what I want to put on here. So I'm on this DVD. I am actually going to break down. Hopefully around six to ten of people's favorite Eric Moore chops that they love. I'm going to break that down myself nice. and explain the lick. Then I'm going to play to maybe about I have tracks that I'm choosing from, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have around five to ten tracks that may be on the DVD. It just all depends on how much I put on there. And um, it's also going to have play-alongs. So whatever songs that I play to, they will be able to have on the DVD to play to, which are awesome, amazing songs by awesome producers. And it will have a shared sequence for a beginner, intermediate, and advanced musicians that can sit down and share it with me nice. on the DVD also. And um, it's, it's going to be it's so far so good. Like, that, I'm really, you, really... Do you know when that's coming out? Um, everything should be done within, within the next, within the next month or two, but I wanted, I wanted to come out at a really, really, really great time for musicians. I don't know if summer would be the best time to put something out for people to, it's all about a consumer's market. Right. Absolutely. So, so it's all about, it's all about the consumer. And, um, I was pushing last year, I was actually pushing for, for December, for I wanted it to come out in like November time, like mm -hmm. for, Christmas. for Christmas. But um, yeah, for Christmas. But you know, some different things happened, and I wasn't able to do it. So hopefully, because of touring, like right. actually, I've been wanting to do like so much stuff, and touring has took up so much of my time. And it's not a bad thing; it's awesome to be on tour. But I just want to, I want to give to the people something that I feel from from myself. Right, and I know it's so hard. the project will be done soon. Good. Do you have a name for it yet? Um, I think it's gonna be called Eric Moore: The Experience. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and I just want to give them like I just want them to experience who I am as a person, get to know me, get to know how it was being a musician, just like this interview. Like right now, people are getting to know me and get to experience who I am and know that Eric Moore is not not the guy that's an asshole. Like you can ask him anything. If you follow me on Instagram, you follow me on Twitter. Like you follow me on whatever Facebook, like you can ask me, you can say what's up. I'm not a Hollywood type guy. I'm not a dude that thinks just because I play drums okay that I'm not reachable. Right. right, right. Like I, I, I love the fact that I can play drums and it's just something that we can all be as a family. Like every drummer, we all have the same, we all have the same goals and same aspir inspirations, aspiration, all that. So I just want to be able to help and to inspire and let drummers know that they can do it too all day, no matter what. I don't care if I was, if I was Lars Ulrich, mm -hmm. like just because I have Metallica gig or whatever, that doesn't mean nothing because we're all human. We're all flesh and blood. And just because I play drums, okay, that does not mean that I'm better than anyone, any one of you, period, point blank. And that speaks volumes to your character and, and your love for the, the instrument and, and your love for for other drummers, which which I Dude, think I have love amazing. for people. Like I'm just that type of guy. Like I, I just I don't I don't want people to be I don't I don't need to be I, I don't I it's not about cussing, but an asshole is not right. cool. When you meet an asshole, that person that whatever that thinks he's the stuff, that thinks he's all that or whatever. You don't want to be around that. You you should definitely not want to be him. 
And even though if a person has a great gig, like that still doesn't make him or her or whatever better than you because they have money. Like money is paper. That's materialistic. Mm -hmm. Like none of that means that that person is better than you, man. It's in life. It's all about encouraging and pushing and inspiring and, and being able to go higher in, in life. Period. Point blank. I want to hug you right now. Dude, man, <laughs> good. So, Excuse me. And if if I ask somebody, what do you think of Eric Moore? What would you want their answer to be? I want them to be like, dude, he's a he's a huge teddy bear. <laughs> like, he's a he's a really big really big teddy bear that um that I can look up to. Like that I that I want people to be like I can look up to him, and I can I can respect him as an individual, not just as a drummer. I just don't I just don't respect his craft as being a drummer. I look up to him as a person and I think that I think that he's someone that that's on the right the right footsteps of going to the right place. I like it. So where can people find out more information and, and reach out to you? Man, please, if you can, um I have a new website, Al Eric Moore, II.com. II is for the second. My dad is Eric Moore Sr., so I am Eric Moore the second, ericmoorii.com. And um, you can look for me on Instagram. I have an Instagram, Eric Moore II, also underscore II. So Instagram, E R I C M O O R E underscore II. And also on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter. Facebook, I have a like page, Eric Moore. The second and a regular um, regular Facebook page that you can follow. I speak a lot on my regular Facebook page. I don't really do too much on my following page just because I never push the button to go to that page sometimes. So, <laughs> but um, and I'll dude, link all the on the on the website. I'll have uh, I'll have show notes for this whole podcast, and I'll make sure to put all your links on there so that people can people can click to your to your yeah. all your pages and get in touch with you and. That'd be awesome, man. If they, um, I have a page also on Promark's website mm -hmm. for the drumsticks, and on my website, on my own website, I will be having um, people that that may want to look at my drumstick, what I play, or whatever they want to purchase, or whatever the case may be. I will have drumsticks on there and links to the drum heads that I play and to the cymbals. I also have my own signature cymbals. If people don't know that. Um, sound really awesome so hey so much stuff going on so i will and like i said i'll i'll link to uh to all that i'll make sure once we're done here we'll i'll get all the proper links that i can that i can put up there so people have them thank you bro awesome thank you eric man it's 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 really been a pleasure to have you on the show today i really appreciate it i know that the listeners appreciate you taking some time to to shed some light on the industry and who you are as a person and, and your thoughts on drumming. So it really man, means a lot to us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to be on your show, man. Thank you for hitting me up and letting me be a part. It's really an honor. Absolutely. Thank it's, it's, it's been a pleasure and, uh, and I'll be talking to you soon. Cool, man. Love you guys. Thank you fans. Everybody press forward, you know, don't never let nobody get you down. Dreams can't come true. Let's make it happen. Yeah, man. Eric, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace. See you. Yeah. The one and only Eric Moore. And I hope you all got a lot of information out of that interview. I know I did. And if you only pulled one piece of information out of that or one piece of inspiration, it should be to never give up and your dreams can come true because I, I totally believe that. And it's just a matter of how bad you want it and how much work you put into it. So take it from Eric. Anything you want to do is definitely possible. Check out Eric on his website, ericmoorethesecond.com, eric, M-O-O-R-E-I-I.com. You can visit us online, drummersresource.com or facebook.com forward slash drummersresource. And if you dug this and you're into this podcast, please do us a favor and leave a review or a rating on iTunes and share it with your friends. Spread the love. Let all your drummer friends out there know that this podcast is happening and that they can come here and join the Drummers Resource community. And until next week, we got Dave Elich on the show next week. It's a, it's a great interview next week as well. So until then, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Hi, my name is Eric. I play drums. I really <laughs> like drums. Yes.
Um, I like cymbals, drumsticks, anything <laughs> to do with drums. Yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, it's just awesome being a drummer and getting to live every day and play drums. It's just great to play drums. And if there's anything about a drum, you know, I'm pretty much that guy that knows about drums. You know, if I probably wasn't a musician, I'd probably just work around drums, maybe be a drum tech or a drum guy at Guitar Center or something, just guitars and drums. And just, I like... Music. So you're saying you don't like drums at all, is what you're Yeah, saying. you know, like, if I could just not give a F about drums, I would <laughs> give a F about drums. 